0: Ride with me In my foul life
1: What's up podcast world Coming at you The Foul Life Podcast Thank you so much For all the support I love saying that Because what truly humbles us To know how fast Our audience is growing And all of the Support y'all give all of our brands please keep doing it. It is it's astonishing for us and we do not take it for granted We are going to try to continue to bring you great content thinking out of the box Whether it's tv social media podcasting live events and um, we got a couple surprises up our sleeves that we'll be announcing soon but I wanted to uh, just lay down a podcast today because I had the pleasure of hunting with my good buddy Chris Cifrio who's my partner in Jargon Game Calls and we were joined by our new good buddy Mr. Chase Outlaw you heard his podcast on This Life Ain't For Everybody professional bull rider PBR ranked number three in the world always in the running for the world title and we were just sitting here talking before the microphones were turned on about what he did the other night and it kind of pissed me off to hear it because I could have been invited don't know maybe it's in the mailbox but you go to George Strait at T-Mobile Arena on the strip in Vegas during the NFR you don't call me
2: well we're just out there just go the NFR just just to get away to be at Vegas first time my wife's been to Vegas not having kids or not to be pregnant and it's the first time I've been to Vegas not having to ride so we got us a little two-day vacation out of the deal and just so happened the King was playing right across the street at the, from the hotel, so we decided to set out a rodeo one night and go watch the King. And if you ain't seen Old George Strait play, you you missing out. He's unreal. It, he it, don't. It, he doesn't
1: move a step on stage. does he? It is. He just stands there and he just blows your mind with song to song. Yeah, he's got like sixty three number one hits.
2: Like each song that would play, you'd be like, "Oh my god, he's playing this song," and then the next one, it'd be the same thing. So after about ten, we just got used to it. I mean, he's just. Every one of his songs are great, amazing. It was. Sorry about the invite. Uh, It should. Well, sing it. I was. I I was going to send you an invitation, but UPS said it wouldn't have got you there in time. So, comma, (laughs) comma, (laughs) (laughs) semicolon, semicolon. So it was a good concert, though. It was, yes,
1: sir. Did he sing the fireman? They call me the fireman. I'm sure that's my name. I enjoyed it. So, did they sing? Well, excuse me, but. Thank you.
2: I didn't know the whole playlist. I barely remember any of it <laughs> by the time the last song. But it was great. It was awesome. And it, wow. Like you'd think, you'd, you'd think just tickets would be outrageous for George Strait in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. But we had floor seats for a hundred dollars a piece. Really? Yeah.
0: They weren't sold out.
2: Wasn't sold out. Bought a hundred dollars a piece, and you could have bought a two hundred dollar ticket, and it was it was just up one from us and you got to take home a chair you got to take your chair home with you
1: why didn't you do that
2: because they was all sold out oh they were sold yeah out. they were sold did out Did you
1: buy it from t-mobile or an aftermarket deal i can't no it, no I can't we imagine. didn't
2: we didn't do it aftermarket we went straight we went over to the to the box office take and we Master bought them we bought them for the bo- from the box office
1: did you dance with your wife yes we did do you know how to dance
2: i do you know how to swing it, dance too if it's got hair on it, I can ride it, and if it's got a beat to it, I can dance to it. Really? Ninety-eight percent of them. <laughs> really? It's that two percent we don't want to talk about.
1: <laughs> so, what's your favorite kind of country dancing? Line dancing, swing dancing, nah. square dancing, two-stepping, just tapping them toes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You got to have a name for it.
2: I don't know. I can. I can two-step, swing dance. Um, I don't do no line dancing now. Nah. Yeah, I bet I, you do. I,
1: I bet you don't. I dance bet I don't. And clapping and kicking your feet up. and
2: all. I saved them for that I saved that line dancer for them at Texas Roadhouse.
1: I know. They do it. <laughs> I mean, you go to, like, Billy Bob's in Fort Worth, and they got, like, 50 people doing it in synchronization. Yeah. I can see you out there.
2: Uh, see me out there just messing it all up because I couldn't
1: – I really can't. So who were you out watching the NFR with? I mean, for who were you watching? Who are you, you got a bunch of buddies that still ride a bunch of different yeah. bands?
2: Yeah, I was out there, you know, to help – I was out there – just to watch, really. I sat in the stands. That's the first time I sat in the stands and watched a full rodeo from the stands, and I can't tell you when. So that was kind of nice. Did you enjoy it? I did. Didn't do nothing but fire me up, wishing I
1: was riding, but... How many uh, nights did you watch? Just one. Just one night of the NFR? hmm and, and then... Then, and then flew home, or did you spend one more night in Vegas?
2: Got there on a Friday, Friday morning, watched Friday night, watched George Strait Saturday night, and flew out Sunday morning.
1: George Strait was going on during the performance of the NFR mm-hmm. that's kind at the
2: of weird. T at the T Mobile while the you know NFR is at Thomas and Mack. Mac.
1: You would think they'd start George Strait after the rodeo but got out. But there's
2: so many, dude, you don't. There was so many people there in Las Vegas at that NFR. I bet. I say that's the busiest time. That week is the busy. That in spring break is the busiest week in Las Vegas. Is what you know, the cab drivers and stuff say that the NFR then that nfr in december and may for spring break is the two busiest weeks of the year
1: really man I, nfr is oh, that blows my mind yeah that's i've been to the nfr at thomas and mac i've been i've got to see ty murray riding in tough edoman back in the day and that's when i was really following rodeo and nfr is pretty badass but i still we talked about it on the other podcast on this life ain't for everybody i rodeo is meant to be outside in my opinion I like them when they're outside. What do you feel? Um, Doesn't
2: matter to you? Uh, don't really. Mind. But you're right. Like a rodeo is more like an outdoor. You'd think it'd be outdoor, but it, it really. But like you say, an outdoor rodeo, like Calgary, Cheyenne. It's just a. It's it's, it's I don't know. It's just a, just the atmosphere of the being outside. I don't, it's words can't describe it unless you really experience it. I
1: think it might have something to do with my asthma too. I get all congested an inside rodeo. When I go to Houston or Denver or Thomas and Mac at the NFR, I've been to rodeos like that inside and it just messes with you too, messes with me too much. I need to, all of them do really. But I just, having a little bit of fresh air helps me and i just feel like the aura and the culture of a rodeo is outside western is outside underneath the western skies you know that's what chris LeDoux sang about and just seems like that's where a rodeo would fit at home i like small rodeo grounds you know what i'm saying That's like old school it's a lot of the new state-of-the-art stuff's awesome and it's safer for the riders but I just like back in the day with yeah. wrought iron gates and frickin' wood. and <laughs>
2: Wood bucking and shoots. And wood and bucking
1: and shoots and, you know, all that was pretty cool. But So that's nice. You got to go out to Vegas. No invite here. No offense taken. I'll remember that. I'll put that in my memory bank. Chris, what about <laughs> you? Would you like to join Chase at that concert?
2: <laughs> yes, I would have, Chase. I'd say if I'd have known you.
0: No, I, my wife had tickets to the George Drake concert, and that's when all them shootings were happening right around about that time the shootings were happening and uh, she got us tickets to go to George Strait concert in Oklahoma City. And we ended up selling the tickets because I was too scared I'd come go to it and maybe not come back home.
1: You got scared to go to a concert? I did. You can't be scared to live. That dude was crazy. Go to crazy. church. You're talking about that dude at the festival, the 91, I-91 festival in Vegas that shot up all them people, the yep. Jason Dean.
0: It was right after that, yep.
2: And then right after that, we had to ride... In that same spot, and outside at the Cowboy, um, it was the last Cowboy standing. Right after that, a couple months after that, um, we we rode bulls in that same spot where the concert was. What? Outside, yeah, outside the Mandalay Convention Center. Yeah, right there at the intersection. Mm-hmm. We, they said it right up. had a big up.
1: PBR event there?
2: Yeah, in May they did.
1: Yeah. That was crazy. I've talked to three or four friends that were there. A girl I just hunted with and her fiance. She's part of that new hunter program with CWA out in California. Name's Mandy. She was had bullets following her footsteps. They're running and they're hitting down around her while they're trying to run from car to car, cover to cover. After they got, they she told me the whole story of how they were trying to get out. How people were trying to pull the fences up so they could get underneath the fencing, the security fencing, to get out. And the guy just had that vantage point up there across the street, and that I know, that psycho piece of shit. <clears throat> I mean, to do that and open fire on people like that. I mean, these these I've talked to. You know, that's my home state, so we had several friends from up north that were down there watching it. Yeah, that that you know I know people that had friends that got hit, man, wounded, killed. I mean, it's just crazy to think. But you can't. It's like those kind of people want you to be afraid to live, and you all, those thoughts go through your head. But man you know concerts they're meant to go and have fun and for somebody to take advantage of something like that he's dead and he would i mean it's a shame that he didn't get a little bit worse of a ass whooping for doing what he did but that kind of shit drives me nuts
0: yeah i just try to avoid extremely big crowds now i mean that's just me you know there's nothing in this world i always tell myself there's nothing in this world i'd rather do than be with my kids my family hunting friends whatever you know, I don't want to do it that bad that I'm going to go over there and risk my life or risk so-and-so. And you should be like that. But that's well, when just you me. say that
1: you're risking your life by going to a concert, that's sad times well, uh, in the world. You know is, what I mean? It is yeah, sad yeah. Times. It really sad is. Times. I mean. But I'm the same way. I went to Hank Williams Jr. in Reno. We have this new amphitheater in, in on the Reno-Sparks border kind of. And uh Hank was playing. I can't remember who opened for him. But we went over there. And it's, it's surrounded by condos condominium towers and apartments and i caught myself looking and i would say i'd look at this one there'd be three snipers i'd look back at this one there'd be four snipers fenway park for zach brown this year i'm sitting up in the booth we went on this tour with my buddy mick there he put us up in the press box you know before the concert a few hours and i'm sitting up in the press box overlooking fenway park one of the most historic places in major league baseball history and i look to my right snipers look to my left snipers like eight of them on each foul line down the roof of fenway for that reason, right there, they're getting their binoculars and their optics, and they're looking for potential threats to take them out before anything could happen. But that's sad that it that you we're not in a war zone. We're not nobody's fighting, and we got to be worried about some psycho yep. doing stupid shit.
0: I heard it's crazy. I say roof again for me. Roof. Say it again. He's for up me? on the roof. No, but you said roof. Said it like in Nevada. Are
1: you trying to say that I talk like he spells? Speak like he spells. So how do you spell the? T H A, oh okay, <laughs> the oh you're saying that it's pronounced that is the? correct the. no yes yeah, yeah, no the. maybe in Bible times <laughs> the oh, the the it's the T H E it's the well, How I mean you, you sp- can say the. there what, are certain
0: ways to pronunciate the or the what state
1: is what state is Las Vegas in <laughs> Nevada oh, you got it right he says Nevada.
0: No I don't I said Nevada no you don't yeah I do you I right used to, I used to say <laughs> <Nevada>. <laughs> you know right I now. used to say Nevada until your brother <laughs> corrected me and said no, it's Nevada
1: My brother's like my brother's like one of those staunch he can be an ass when it comes to that like he thinks that he's got like so much personal pride in how you're supposed to stay in Nevada he'll like make somebody feel this big when they say it wrong and I'm just like who cares He's like it's Nevada. Say it again like that. I dare you. And he's like picking fights and doing with this you? shit. With, no, just anybody. I'm exaggerating a little bit. Have you ever, have you ever fought your brother? Fought him? Yeah. I don't think that'd be much of a fight. Now Clint <laughs> would whip my ass. Clay, I would smoke. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm
0: quick. Clay seems like he's the most athletic. He's, he used to be.
1: Clay was an athlete at one time. I know. But me now, I'm freaking doing 46-inch vertical box jumps. I mean, I'm bench pressing like 145 three times, I'm squatting my body weight. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: 145 three times. That's pretty good, dude. A plate three times? Can you do that? What? A plate three times. 145 three times, full motion all the way down? Didn't think so. <laughs> I didn't think so.
0: Bench press is hard. So I'm, not, di- I'm not trying to brag on myself, but I benched 375 when I was in high school. <laughs> Whatever. I yeah, well. yeah, I did. Right. I did.
1: Uh huh. So the reason Frost we're here <laughs> is we're actually at a duck camp. Do you like this place, Chase?
2: Man, nah, this place is unreal.
1: Being from Arkansas, you had heard of Prairie Wings Duck Club. Every I don't want people to get confused when because when they hear Prairie Wings, they probably automatically think of Max. Yeah, yeah. In yep. Stuttgart, the you know the big the historic store that is you know home to. So many freaking badass products for duck hunting and catalog and website and all that. But I think a lot of people hear it and get it mixed up. This is the Prairie Wings Duck Club that butts up against the Biomeda, which is probably the biggest and baddest ass public land for duck hunting in the country. When it's on, you can go into the trees of the Biomeda and there's a lot of rules that, that come with what are the rules of the Biomeda? You you can't leave the boat ramp until four a certain o'clock. time, four o'clock. I only you have can,
2: ten shells. You can only
1: carry ten shells.
0: Per man?
2: Per man. Is it 10, plus ten? 15? They done cut it down to ten.
0: Okay. Did they cut the, the limit? limit? Did the limit go back?
2: No, limits cut down to to um Well it used to be two. Th- it used to be the th- limits cut down to two th- three
0: mallards? It's three mallards, total of three mallards. In the total of four ducks.
1: Yes, sir. So you can kill more than that in the state of Arkansas, but just not on on, on a public WMA? All,
0: I thought they went back this year to four mallards that you can kill four mallards, being that they took the shell limit. The shell limit I think it used to be fifteen and they changed that now. I think it it's goes not, back and forth so many times.
2: I thought it was only three three mallards.
0: And one scrap duck.
2: And one scrap duck and only ten shots and Foot traffic only or boat traffic?
0: Well no, you can run a twenty five. Well, foot traffic you or yeah. boat traffic. You, yeah, you can't run anything anything bigger than a twenty five. No nothing bigger than a thirty seven horse surface drive, which don't make no sense in my opinion. But twenty five outboard or thirty seven Wait, what
1: is that? What I don't understand. So
0: you can run a thirty seven horsepower surface drive, mud motor. Or you can run a 25-horsepower. Why are hybrid. they
1: saying that that 37 mud motor is going to go as fast as a 25? Because it's all about speed, right?
0: Uh, the reason Does why it? they do that is is because you really – the 37 big block is popular. And they don't have a lot of manufacturers that make like 25s and, you know, 27-horse. That's Kohler basically makes those motors. Uh, I mean, makes those, you know, motors for the mud motor. But the uh, the 37, I don't know why they do it that way. But I mean that's everywhere across the board. Now there's other places that have 50 horsepower restriction with 37 horsepower mud motor, but I don't know the reason why they would they would do something like that. So I don't know if they change it to if you can run a 40 or not. You, the new 40. You
2: got to have your I's dotted and T's crossed when you uh, roll off into Biomita. Absolutely, um, absolutely.
1: What um, I, I'm still kind of confused on the on the, the the surface drive part of it. You're saying that that's the only way that because most people are going to own that motor anyway? I don't understand.
0: It's because, so Gator Tail, okay, they sell a, I think it's a 25 or a 27. I want to say it's a 25. It is a 25. And then they sell a 37 and they sell a 40. My buddy sells a 25 or a 27 and a 37 and a 40. But the most popular motor, which is a big block, which will carry – you know, a 16 foot plus boat or a 15 foot plus boat is gonna be the big block, either 37 or 40. It doesn't come, that big block does not come in a 27 or 25. So they kind of I guess they upped it up and said, okay, well, being that these mud motors, not most the most common mud motor out there is a 37 or a 40. We'll go ahead and let them have a 37. It used to be a limit to only 35. Because that's what they made. It was a 35-carb motor. Right. And then they changed the 35-carb to the fuel injection, and it went to a 37. And then they upped it up a little more, and they brought it to a 40 fuel injection. But yeah, I don't think you can run a 40 on body meter. Not 100% positive, but...
1: But um, you can run mud motors. You can. So yep. where does the argument lie in Arkansas with the you know the potential ban is that wrapped around the public obviously it is public but is it because of the noise yep. mainly it's the noise they think it's running ducks off
0: yeah so what it comes down to is is the noise and people say that people are saying that basically the raft you're scaring the raft you know that there's not any other any place that a duck can basically rest that you're a- able to access any access any place on that wma any because all the shallow water used to back in the day you have an outboard motor and you could only get so far and then you had to push or you had to really idle just kind of tilt your motor up and idle in there the service drive i mean i hate to say it but i can run in three or four inches of water maybe maybe five inches of water but you give me a little bit of water and i can run as long as i'm on plane so you know it's all comes down to just like we did today in the woods right We had four, two or three or four groups come in, and they just wasn't putting their butt down and and getting their feet wet. We decided to pass on them, right? But that was the ethical thing to do. It's the same thing out in the field, out in Bayou all the WMAs and whatnot. If people would just say, you know what? When I get to my spot, I'm not moving. I'm not moving till 10 o'clock. And I'm not going to ride around just to go ride around in the morning time because – Hey, look! That's scattering everybody else's birds, disturbing them, not making them have a really, you know, good hunt, uh, a peaceful hunt, I guess you could say. And people are complaining because they got one one jack leg that's out there just running around, running around, running around. But people been doing that for years,
1: way before mud motors.
0: Yeah, but an outboard motor off a plane idle, and especially the new four strokes nowadays, are really, really quiet. And and I'm not gonna lie, the service drives are pretty quiet too. But I don't know what it is. But people think in a surface drive motor that they should get up on plane and just run wide open everywhere. You know? There are places for it. But there
1: is. But where people are hunting around. When you not get warning. on a
0: river. Just don't be an
1: asshole. Yeah. Just do things ethically and don't think that you're everybody's out there to please you or that the spotlights on you. This a, is,
0: what I was getting to is it's a tool, right? Yeah. A shotgun's a tool, right? Right. We could sit in a hole all day long and just shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot tre- treetops. We could have treetop today, right? But we didn't. We took ethical shots. So what that did is that knocked our shot count down the whole morning long. We may have shot a total of 14 times, 15 times this morning, right? Yep. And you got other people that take that tool and they abuse the abuse that tool. They go out, they run around and do, do so forth. So the same thing with a shotgun. That's exactly what's happened with a shotgun. In Bayou for there for a while, people would go and say, hey, look, just go stand in there. And then when they come on top of the trees, just start pulling the trigger. That's where throw all these three-and-a-half shells and everything. People were shooting three-and-a-halves and, and tree-topping and ducks. And what ducks did is they would just stay on the trees. They would never bank into the hole. So um, all you're doing is educating. And it's the same thing with mud meters is is that it's a great tool. Uh, you know, it, it saves so many steps in the morning. You know, that that area that we hunted today, you know, get right in there, not have to worry about it. Boom, you auto into it take your decoys out, put your bags on your tree, pull your boat out of the hole, and you're ready to rock and roll. So, I mean, it's it's not made us lazy. It's just kind of helped us out. I mean, it's, it's technology. You, it's made lazy.
1: Yeah. It's made a lot of people lazy.
0: No, it, it's, it's it's definitely made p- other people lazy, but I still walk my boat. Like, if I shoot ducks in a hole, I hate to say it. This is sad. But if I shoot ducks in a hole, I'll literally, if I can – i'll start walking with my boat after i pick my decoys up i'll walk as far as i possibly can to get totally away from my hole that way shot chasers and other people don't they pick up on that now they're like Vroom. they hear a motor crank up and they're like hey that's where they kill them ducks they're leaving already it's eight eight thirty in the morning they must they must have got them good we heard them shooting all morning long so you're trying to fool the other duck hunters out there. I mean, it's just, it's competition what it boils down to. Well, I mean, it's nothing you're gonna wrong. Have,
1: you're going to have that on public.
0: Yeah, and it's nothing wrong being competitive, but... You're, you have to be competitive in
1: Arkansas do. to succeed.
0: Right. But that doesn't mean that you have to be
1: unethical. Right. You play by the rules. You play fair. You, you you know, do unto others as you want done unto you. Is You don't want somebody running your raft up. You don't want somebody sky-busting your ducks. You don't want them topping your ducks educating your ducks try to do things right there were several ducks today that we had killed dead just to have another mallard duck on a strap absolutely and, I, and a lot of people would say well you're just trying to get them all perfect for camera and i'm like no even when i'm hunting it's hard for me just to shoot a duck just to see a duck die i want to i want to trick them when we trick those ducks today chase that first group when the, those eight ducks started working us then it turned into ten and then those five broke off and they come in perfect and they back pad, they i mean they were back flapping within they look like the blue angels you know how they get in those little those little routines where there's wingtips or three feet from each other they just look perfect coming through that little slit and to me that made it ethical we killed them all dead no cripples didn't lose any ducks we chose oh, y'all
0: shot this morning <laughs> oh yeah
1: we cho- <laughs> i chose not to have a dog today because of the weather Yep. it's warm and there's cotton mounts out again it's in the mid-60s They're gonna be 70 again this week in arkansas them and the
2: gators too and, bro. Ga-
1: and the guy got my buddy got chased <laughs> by a gator the other day his dog did retrieving a duck in arkansas in late december
0: but he get bit early
1: january he didn't get bit but he was the the gator was a little slow but they're out this warm weather's got the you guys shot a snake today there's cottonmouths out right now joel ran into a cottonmouth in a ditch yesterday oh really yeah hanging on a limb he said a big one a big one like a foot from him like they, the way
2: he said wait size of a coke can
1: yeah the head was and it's january so that tells you like you're you got to make decisions that's why i want to get those ducks in tight and kill them dead no cripples to where you know we if you don't have a dog to go chase a
2: cripple like who's thinking who's thinking walking over there chase that cripple down walking by a tree limb who's thinking a freaking cotton mouse gonna be hanging it and bite you on the face yeah in january in january duck
1: hunting and with a dog they have no they don't know any better so they're messed up and then a gator i i was just like let's get them in tight let's not even take a chance
0: yeah, about five years ago. I that was going through December. We were sitting in a hole, and it was basically a hole uh, that was just cleared out. They did some logging in there. We got in there, set up, and uh, we started putting our bags on this law that was just floating, right? And I literally put a, a box of shells right there, and I, I sit there, and I opened the box of shells, and I went to put my hand and put my hand down and put something else, and I looked right there, and there's was a cottonmouth. And I literally – you know, I didn't freak out. I just picked my hand up. He was really lethargic. he wasn't moving. And I just backed up. Doom. Shot him. But I've also had caught miles when I'm running through the timber. And people don't really, I guess, you know, look at this when they get in the timber. But they'll, you'll be going through the timber with a boat. And I was this day. And all of a sudden I made a turn. And my boat started drifting to the left. And I hit this little bee, small, you know, uh, young oak tree. And there was a mouth sitting on it. And literally, my dog's head was sitting right here on the left side, right on the uh, top of the uh, uh, gun box. And the mouth fell in front of it, half of his body, and then literally whipped out and fell into the water. But it was right by my dog's face. And my buddy was sitting in the butt, and he was like, did you see that? And I was like, yeah. He's like, dude, we got to be on our A game today. <laughs> you know, the cottonmouths are out. So, you know, you never know. I don't know when it's when – it's, it Gets hot like that if they are uh, active and they will bite you. I don't know, but I've always been told in January when they come off of a cool front like that and they start to come out that they really, you they're, know, I'm not going to chance it. I'm, I'm not going to chance out, either, you know. But I heard they're slow too, yeah, kind of. They're very, very slow. But that so. doesn't
1: mean that one might, I mean, most that, of them might, but all it takes is one. That it's don't not mean slow. that one ain't done. He done it. Ha- don't
0: have cop in Nevada, either. no, no, are they, caught, what kind of snakes over there?
1: Rattlesnakes, bull snakes. Uh, yeah. But cotton mouse also known as a water moccasin. Yep. They uh they will kill you, amputate legs. I mean, they're po- they're a badass snake. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they're they're not just a badass snake. They don't they go looking for the fight.
0: Yeah. yeah they're aggressive. Yeah. A, not rattle,
1: like. a rattlesnake is, will stay coiled up and yep. he'll let you know he's there by he'll warn you. Man, I've been I've been out here in August. We have a guy that works with us named Tom. We came out here for an event in August. It was Max Prairie Wings Fall Fest. And we had a concert here with Drake White and Lee Lothwell Well, we'd go on a run here every morning. We'd go, and he I couldn't keep up with him, but we were st- at the very beginning of our run. We go down this road right here. Two days in a row, we almost stepped on a cottonmouth. And they're just, they're, they're coming. They're, like, coming up, at, you know, out of the ditch and... and you run by them and they're not just like sitting there. They will, they are looking to bite you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And these ones were athletic ones. They weren't big, lazy ones. They were little athletic ones that were looking to whip your ass. And we don't have anything like that where I don't, I don't, a lot of people where I'm from, like shoot every snake you see. I truly don't believe in that. If it's a rattlesnake, I don't believe in that mentality of shoot them. I think that rattlesnakes are needed in our ecosystem, but look, you guys are going to argue and say, I'll shoot every snake. I don't believe in that one bit. Rattlesnakes take care of so many, issues with the ecosystem and rodents and there's a reason why they're here they mind their business if you get one that's out of place go replace them they ain't looking to hurt nobody a bull snake they get a bad rap in the West united states and a bull snake is a badass looking snake it's but it's not poisonous, and it's they not, kill
2: the poisonous snakes. Right,
1: they will eat a rattlesnake and keep those in check. So everything's part of this ecosystem, and there's just this weird mentality that people think that because it's a snake, it's got to die. Now I, I get it down here. You see a bunch of cottonmouths down here. I understand being a guy down in the south and getting rid of cotton mouse on your property because they're dangerous as shit and they're looking to kill you. Yeah. But I don't have that mentality that every snake's got to die, every every predator's got to die, every coyote's got to die. So it's it's weird being down here to where you people say shoot every cotton mouth that you see yeah and i understand it because they they overpopulate and they're everywhere they're aggressive as shit they're looking to kill you
2: and if you know what you're looking for or if you if you know and you walk up on one boy they put out a awful odor awful stench really yes they stink so out of what
0: i just it just smells
2: like something dead like It's It's very dirty. Yeah, it's a very dirty smell. Like if if you ever smell it, you'll never forget it. Like a skunk? No, 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 no. No, it's like a musky, like a like a freaking goat, like a boar, like a boar goat, and a buck deer mix. The smell of that while they're both in rut, like the smell of that is something. It's gross. Just a nasty musky. But once you smell it, and you ever smell it, you and that scent hits your nose, you'll instantly think there's a cotton mouse somewhere right here. Like you can. Have smell you ever it. seen
1: a cotton mouse mating process in the show off process? They it's Mojo's got video down there in Louisiana on, on Terry Demons farm. It's unbelievable. How many of them? It's like how they, how they get go? wrapped up and show off, and how it's like cobras, mm. like
0: yeah. doing it. I saw it. I saw that
1: one. They're coming out of pipes. I mean, I've I've opened up blinds down there, and there was forty of them in there. Oh yeah. In the summertime, when you start getting your blinds ready, you know for the season. I
2: thought you meant like a mini blind. No,
1: no, no, like <laughs> a duck blind. No, not in the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got it.
2: Just that's just like here in them rice fields. It's pretty. They're everywhere. I got Have, it's got a, have, me, have ever, me the heebie Just sitting there talking about. Have these you ever read a bull
1: named Cottonmouth? That's a good name for a bull. There's got to be a bull named Cottonmouth.
2: Now I don't know, but man,
1: have I, you ever named? Have you ever wrote a bull named Cottonmouth?
2: No, but I call. Some of my buddies call me and I call some of them Cottonmouth. So Yeah? Yeah.
1: That's a cool name. I'm a cottonmouth. That's kind of part of jargon. You get cottonmouth when you talk too much. I wonder if we name a call cottonmouth. Has there been a call named Cottonmouth? Mm-mm. That cottonmouth killer. Cottonmouth's a cool name. Kills everything I in think its we're path. gonna name
0: Outlaw. Ooh. That's a good name, in it?
1: Yeah, but it has nothing to do with speech, and you don't want people to think well, I've met Chase Outlaw, and that dude can't spell or talk very good. So I don't know why he's part of jargon. <laughs> Chase, I'm kidding. Yes. Don't get all mad and get on this table and start one of them Western bar fights. <laughs> George Strait song. I could already see it going down. Chase, what do you think of those jargon calls? You like them?
2: I ain't never blew anything quite like it. The really, I, so easy on to name it. It, it it really is. I haven't, I've, I haven't blew anything quite like it.
1: What was he blowing today? Was it a small, small talk? talk? Small yep. talk. Yes, sir. sounded good on it. Do you, uh, do you blow a duck call a lot when you hunt, or you got buddies that do it, or are you the caller?
2: Um, but there's a couple of them. Yeah, really. Me and another buddy is about
1: it, about that call. Do you do you have an idea of? Do you you honed your calling skills over the years to where you were really proficient with it, with reading ducks and body language and everything that goes into it?
2: Like yeah, when they're going away from you, I've done, and this is just from what I've learned. Just I ain't never went and studied it. It just like other people's deals. I've just out doing it on my own and you know noticing what works for me and whatnot. But I have. There's a technique to it, and you can't just do what everybody else did. I mean, him was talking about it earlier. You gotta, gotta do something that's different. Um, he said it really good. Like, by the time they get here to Arkansas, they've done heard every call. There's a here, and has done seen every spread. So you really gotta, you gotta be unique, and you gotta be different and give them something different to the out of the box, out of the box.
0: you got to be out of the box do something different you know constantly I'm trying to think in my mind I don't sit there and do you know what the definition of insanity is I'm beating a dead horse you know what the definition Uh, of insanity is I said me no, <laughs> no. <laughs> i get it down I I <laughs> yeah anybody that can get them back on a bull over and over again is probably insane but uh, it's
1: it's doing the same thing over and over again even when you know it's wrong
0: expecting different results I'm expecting different results so uh when i'm sitting there in a, in a duck hole and we start you know calling and we're doing the same old same old same old i try to think in my mind i'm like what else can i give to them what you know sound or whatnot, fine hand coarse hand raspy hand boss hand whatever you know like Chad today and I saw it because I turned my head and I was amazed that Chad actually turned a duck wow that but, was an insult
1: watch <laughs> it watch it because and I'm telling you you've hunted a lot of ducks but I promise you you haven't seen one turn like that dude that, that duck thing just turned stood on up a dime. and I went good night man." he right. didn't
0: turn on a not just turn on a dime he turned around and he put his feet down yep I mean as soon as he turned around he's like oh there she is so, you know stuff like that. He went, eh, eh. you went, eh, 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 like that, and he just turned on Don, that duck did. <laughs> so right there, he was thinking exactly what I was thinking. What else can we give to these ducks that's going to make them turn? That's going to be different out of the box that duck the, they haven't heard all year long. And so, and it's
1: all about placement and timing too. I wanted that duck was coming out in front of us towards us, but way off to our right. Yeah, and he had been. He flew over the decoys, right? Because we had our decoys placed for that south-southeast wind, and they're going to come into that wind. We have our decoys out in front of us, but way on the other side of the hole, so they hop over them and finish right in the middle of the hole in timber. Right, Chris? Yep. That's the idea. So I let him get past those decoys to where it was natural, and then when he's out you know, over the trees a little bit, I wanted to bend him to where he would finish back into the hole, and just like, you know, either turn him and let him take one more circle or get him in a position where he might have finished right there because there wasn't a lot of wind today. There really wasn't. Yeah, so nothing. he could have finished at any point. But that that was as hard as I've seen a duck stand on his wing tip and come into a hole. And,
0: and for I some like re- when you look back and you're like, I know I did that. No, I didn't say that. I No said, no no I'm I'm saying I like when you see that happen and you know inside yourself oh, you're yeah. like, man, I turned that bird. I think that's that what's so awesome about
1: it. I think that there's something very intriguing and something very um satisfactory and it like it 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 turns your senses on when you can communicate with animals mm-hmm. i'm telling you man when you get a coyote at five yards instead of killing him at 400 yards and you shoot him with a shotgun at five yards or a turkey goblin at eight yards instead of shooting him at 80 just finishing animals tight and seeing ducks react you know that he wouldn't have done that if we wouldn't have made that sound agreed yeah, 100%. at that time yeah. So all of the timing, the preparation, the sound, the cadence, standing on that first note, getting excited. It's like it's I, a lot of people say you don't wind up. You know how you get that wind up sound on a call. Sometimes I catch myself doing that where you go, and I don't like that, but I got, I like that.
0: You tell my like, Well, the how cheat note, the
1: cheat note, you should never do. You should yeah. never have a starter note. You should always know. Where that call is, and where you relate to that call, to where when you hit it and stand on it, you get it right then. That's mm-hmm. the secret of being a duck caller: is being able yeah, to pick up proficient. a call and being proficient at getting it right there, not going man, 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 but going meh, meh, and being able to find it right there. Once you find it and be able to stand on it, that's proficiency and confidence in your call. And that's when you see a mallard doing what he did today. It wasn't like we were feed chuckling a bunch; of, ga, 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 ga. it was just pick up a call meh, 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 and that duck just woof. Yep. And that's when I I think that honing your skills to get there. And I'm not saying that I'm even there, but I think that that is what makes the hunt is the communication process. And I think that all three of us today sound. I was using the chit chat. You were on a small talk and a chit chat. Chase was on a small talk. And I think that we sounded like a freaking bunch of ducks, a raft of ducks a lot of times, but soft. We we rattled the woods a little bit and it worked. What, what what did you think about that? It was I talked about that with Chase? You were getting a duck, I think. But when it's foggy like that,
0: oh, they seek or when you When it's out. slow, they I think seek ducks you seek
1: you out. I think they'll come find that sound. Mm. They'll hunt that call up, right? Exactly.
2: Yep. Yeah, I, I was that's the same way. Yeah, them, them ducks. So they, if they're above you and you hit that call, they're it's going to look down. Oh yeah, you can seen. see
0: their neck just yeah. extended, yeah. and they
2: don't see no duck right there. I mean, all they see is just water moving inside a tree and that sound coming well that's gonna alarm them right there yeah that ain't that ain't normal right
1: no and that's the thing is that when it's foggy like that though all they're doing is searching the sound out because there's no visual at all which we've talked about in prior podcasts is this state in the application that we hunted today chase is where duck hunting was born or duck calling was born in my opinion i think that duck calling is nowhere needed more in the world than in arkansas because they're not seeing a lot of visual as they descend out of the sky, you can't use spinning wing decoys in, in Arkansas in public. You can use on them public. on private. Yep. We didn't use one today. No, nope. we had fog. It was a real ugly, dark, gloomy day.
0: We went the, totally old school. No old jerk school screen. today. No <laughs> jerk stream.
1: Nothing. Not causing any. We we were watching. We were watching ducks. I think hunt up a call today that could had no idea we were there. They can't see it so even when it's blue skies and you're breaking ducks down from way up there where i in a lot of different places you hunt whether you're on a big river or you're in a big marsh or something you have a visual you can see a spinner from a long ways away you can see a decoy spread shining from a long ways away i truly don't think that you can see decoys in flooded timber very well from a lot of different angles in the sky is that fair to say
0: yeah it is that it is um
1: but, remember there's not a lot of guys that hunt man-made holes a lot like, of guys are hunting slits like and from just a distance
0: openings. from a distance you know we always try to position our decoys basically to where we know that that deco- like six or seven of them the sun's going to hit first when the sun comes up and the sun beams down, we we want a little bit, but I agree with you that they are hunting up the sound more than they are the decoys. The decoys is just the really at the end going, hey, look, giving them the confidence to say, yeah, that actually is ducks down there, and there there goes to the say like greenhead gear has January mallards, and I can tell you right now, January mallards versus regular mallard ducks decoys. There is a huge difference. I'm not going to name any names, but there's some manufacturers out there that their decoys are not as bright. And my buddy pointed it out the other day. We're hunting a hole and they were immediately attracted to those white ones versus the the off-color ones, the ones that were a little bit grayer. But that being said, I think decoys is just the final touch to give them the confidence to say, you know what? We heard the call. Now let's go ahead and check it out and investigate. How many
1: many ducks get killed in Arkansas over no decoys? A lot of of guys hunt without them.
0: Yeah. Now I would say, you know, we did it the other day. We moved off of a hole and actually get in another hole. And we started killing some ducks without decoys. They were hunting the sound up a hundred percent. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's still done, but people, I mean, it's just the confidence thing. You go out and you're like, man, I, you know. I've seen it. I've seen it on public and private in Arkansas. No
1: decoys. Killing them at 10 yards, like there's decoys right out in front of you, where you line them up with that call and guide them in, like a runway. I've seen it. Now, I don't know if you could do that on a river. You're on a river and you're just, they're looking. Like those specks today. Like those specs yep. were hunting up that call. If we'd have they,
0: decoys in a hole, we'd have shot specs. But they're not buying
1: it like a mallard does because they're no. not used to coming into those trees. If you're out in a cornfield or out in a rice field and you just start hammering on a spec call and they come around at 100 yards and they'll start looking, a lot of times speckle belly geese are not going to bomb you and give you a shot at 20, 25, 15 yards, somewhere in there, if you don't have decoys out. Oh, yeah. They're going to look for vi- visual. Yeah. They're looking for it. That's why goose spreads are so prevalent and big. Whites mixed with darks for, for speckle belly snow goose spread. Mallards I've seen come through trees in droves of 30 to 100 with no decoys on the water. Oh, yeah. So that's my point is that I'm not saying that decoys don't help you finish them. But do you need decoys in a timber hole to kill ducks? No, you don't. Do you think we kill ducks today with no decoys in that hole? I, I
2: believe we we kill ducks with did we would have killed just as many ducks a day with not a one decoy, I, I believe.
1: And I can't argue that. I can't argue that. Now, there was argument based on – there is argument in, in Chase's statement based on the fact that some of those groups took a couple swings, Right.
2: Needed some confidence. Are they, look at,
1: are they looking at the decoys and, and, and picking them up? Or this time of the year, have they seen every decoy they need to do and they're just hunting up that sound? And was the, was it too dark to even really see down in there with the fog and everything to see the spread this morning? There's a lot that goes into that. Did we need the decoy spread that we had? Did that save us today? Is that what killed the ducks? Or could we have done it without, without um, decoys in the hole? I don't know if we could have.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's try it tomorrow. You want to try it? <laughs> I, I think pulling back, you know, definitely later in the year, pull back decoys. You know, In other words, don't put out as many. I've killed them in, with three or four decoys in a hole. And actually, I've done a lot better. And it's amazing because it's like, I don't know what it is inside you. You're like, I've got to put out more because, you know, I'll get it, those big groups. I'll get that. It's confidence. It really but is. golly, it, it's like, you, you know, it's almost like pulling teeth. You're like please don't put out another decoy. But you're like, oh, I got to put them out. But, I mean, tomorrow, like say in the hole, is put out five or six. Put those five or six or three of them on movement. Get those moving and get the other ones. I think birds really, really get, you know, uh, really, really nervous when they come over the top and they see decoys that are not moving. Uh, You know, today, again, that might have been – the reason we might have not had to have decoys in there because they might have not been able to see them because our decoys obviously were not moving across the hole.
1: No. At all. The only thing that saved us on some ripples is kicking the water. Yeah. We there's a a deer just ran right there. A little doe. She's gonna come out right over here. She comes out, she's going left to right. Um, she was standing right there by that stump. Anyway, the the um what am I trying to say? What well, you're saying well, you with what, looking at the deer? Yeah, I'm around. looking at deer because I was thinking of that smothered deer steak. That we let's get off this point for a second. How about that dinner last night? Amazing. And the breakfast
2: this morning. The
1: smothered deer steak. Did you eat it again this
2: morning? Yeah, did you? Oh, yeah. it's well, I, always better the second day. Whoo, dude, it was. Tonight we're eating. Duck. I ain't had anything like that. That was awesome, wasn't it? It was. It was.
1: And you guys clean those ducks that we killed today. We're gonna eat those tonight, hey, with Mister. Hey guys, B.
2: it's raining outside. We ain't got nothing outside that we don't that we need to get up, do we?
1: I hope not. The dogs, they're going to get wet. Okay, back to what you're saying. If yeah, you have yeah. no wind, if you have no motion, if you have no ripples on the water, why put out more decoys? Because now you just got yeah. a bunch of dead soldiers. Yeah, that's, exa- that's
0: exactly what I think it's the every same time. With, the
1: same with dry, dry land Canada goose hunting. When you're not having any wind and guys nope. want to put out 25 dozen, I'm like, all that's doing is giving those geese that more many more visuals, options or, or that more visual um, – uh cue or visual proof that hey these are fake as shit none of them are moving So if you put out a few with a flag and you get them in tight and they don't have as much to check out or you get 10 decoys out there in the water for duck floaters or 12 and you have a jerk string, that jerk string is going to be more apt to move 12 decoys as opposed to move four, five, six dozen decoys. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if our decoys helped us today. They're as realistic as they come. Those pro grade XDs that Greenhead Gear is making are badass looking decoys. And they're realistic. They swim very nice. The kill system's awesome on them. I just don't know. If we'd have put out 10, we'd have killed the same ducks. If we'd have put out five, we'd have killed the same ducks. If we'd had none out, I don't know. Now, I would have felt like an idiot in that hole like that with no decoy. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying.
1: With a slit, though. When you get in a slit and you get in the deep woods, when you're just a couple guys, what do what we do with cameras, we can't just go out and walk five miles in the woods and find a slit and try to line ducks up. It's hard to do with what we bring out there. We have a lot of equipment. Then once you get in there and you just have one little tiny slit, you're hoping that they hit that one slit. Whereas today we were able to line those ducks up and get them in a race and get them in a, on a runway to where the cameras can get them, right? And that's what we're trying to do. So you got to have a balance. You got to give something up to get something else when you're trying to film a wild duck hunt. It's not easy to get ducks on film. And then when you start talking about being in the woods, do you know how many d- different things can get in the way? of the camera as those ducks approach your hole dropping through those trees dodging branches and 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 coming through different slits it's tough to do that's why we choose to hunt that kind of hole that we hunted this morning because it gives us the ability to catch them in their grace their true grace as they approach the approach the hole and and get a shot at them so it's a lot different than just hunting and being able to go in with two guys and getting a slit right it's a totally different application so i don't know the answer is arkansas a more visual state or is it of a more audio state i'm going 100 audio this is where the baddest ass duck callers in the country reign from you're born with a duck call in your mouth in this state you have to be a proficient duck caller to be consistently successful in this state not to say that you can't go with somebody that is and kill your ducks but you have to sound like a duck and know how to blow a duck call and operate a duck call and read ducks and body language and posturing to consistently kill ducks and what in flooded timber in my opinion I truly feel that. Do you or no? Or, that's true. You live here. You've been here twenty
0: years. Do you, would you argue that? No, that's true. It's uh, you know, rice. I, there's probably more people hunting in rice fields over here than there is in the timber because we don't have a lot of timber anymore, as much as we used to. <clears throat> but, um, you know, in the timber, definitely, it's all visual thing. I think you have to be proficient on a duck call. You know, the guys that are proficient are going to kill them. I mean they're going to kill them they're going to convince ducks that are not I mean, when you're not on x because you can't be on the X every single day. I mean it'd be impossible unless you just stay in the woods just twenty four seven to be on the x you know it's it's i like to not be on i like to convince ducks to be where they don't want to be that's that's just you know flight birds birds that are coming across i I like to hunt traffic. I've always been a traffic guy. I love hunting rivers. I love hunting close to rivers. You know, I like the the birds that we killed today were not treetop ducks. They were a little bit higher than treetops. And those ducks were going from point A to point B, and I like to intercept them in between.
1: I think we did a good job today. I think we intercepted every duck that we killed.
0: Yeah. I don't think there was – Nothing got in the hole that didn't get out. Nothing got out. And nothing came to that hole because
1: they saw something that they wanted. They they couldn't see anything. Or, Or something didn't
2: jump up. Leave his hole coming straight to that hole, knowing that that's where it was. They was headed somewhere, and we yeah. intercepted them, cut them off, and we made them do what they didn't want to do.
1: Which was what, that hunt we had here last year, Chris, in the Blue Skies, we were we were breaking ducks down at, I don't even know how high they were, Chase, but they were not coming to us, and we were standing on it and just seeing them break, and the next thing you know, yeah, you had just. You'd
0: hear the hand. Just hunted up,
1: hunting the call, up, getting in a race. <laughs> It's I love the coolest when a hen
0: does that. It is, it is easily the it is,
1: timber hunting <laughs> it is easily the coolest duck hunting in America.
2: Well, I've done it all, and I mean that is why everybody comes to Arkansas to duck hunt. Is
1: they do? I always have this. People I don't want to shoot them in the trees. Well, we don't argue this. I don't argue this because nobody ever has an argument, or and I'm not even trying to start one. I'm just saying that I don't know of another place that people flock to in America or in the world to shoot waterfowl. Like they do, Stuttgart, Arkansas. A lot of Americans go to Canada. Don't get me wrong, but not as many that come to Arkansas during the season. Trust me. Yeah. Um. Say the, uh, the the amount of people that fly into Little Rock or fly into Stuttgart privately, or drive here from the Carolinas or wherever. Delta Airlines uh, and Southwest Airlines flies into
2: Southwest Airlines flies into Stuttgart, Arkansas during duck season. They do. Yes, sir. No way. I swear no way southwest airlines flies in to stuttgart arkansas during duck I'm season saying no
1: way for real i have no i had no idea yeah. i know that there's some jets over there but i thought they were part jets no East that's jets. the southwest jets too really yes sir i had no idea but that, that there's no place like max prairie wings in stuttgart where people come from all over the world i've seen people here from a lot of different countries to come and hunt ducks can you name another place in america that people do that now. I know it that used peop-
0: to be in Louisiana, but you know, nah, I mean, like it used this. to be. No, it did. It really? was. I mean, it was. That's there was a lot of people. Sports,
1: sportsman's paradise. Yeah, there was a Florida. lot of people
0: that flocked there. Florida but-
1: was. Florida is a sportsman's paradise, right?
2: Yeah. Now, ready to Louisiana license plate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Louisiana license plate. But I'm saying, okay, fine. Let's say that you're right. Let's say that they did. Yeah, in one Louisiana. Time. But who? A- who? Where else do people go? The Eastern Shore, maybe a tiny bit. California is number three in harvest almost every
0: year. For well, people mallets, want to kill them here. The thing just about all it is, around ducks. People want to hunt them here. People want to hunt in the trees. There's not any other place in the United States that you – other than a couple places in North Louisiana that you can go and, and – and Missouri, green Missouri, Missouri you yeah. can. Yeah. But, well
1: – But not – Southeast Missouri's got a couple different A little bit. Areas but,
0: here. you know, that's what people want to do is they want to hunt in the trees. And, you know, yesterday when we were hunting in that area – on Joel's place, the, uh, the best part about the hunt I kept on saying was was the mud ride in there and the mud ride out on the uh, rangers. But that's why people, I think, flock here is because it's not just the going in a hole and setting up and blowing your duck haul. It's the boat ride in. It's the, you know, getting in the flooded timber and banging off of trees. That's, it's cool. Well,
1: I mean, the whole, really, the whole culture of Stuttgart, you got cars with boats on them. You know how you got your jeans tucked into your boots? You had them tucked in your boots last night? That's how uh, I love that. That's how I do it now. I learned that being here. You go into Max after hunt at 11 a.m. or noon, 1 o'clock, Duck Hunter's got a couple things going on. He's got his... Blue jeans tucked into his boots. He's got a flannel on with his duck call into his left pocket. He's got his hat on and he's got his boat on his truck still. And then you got all of these outfitters that shuffle hunters to max every day after the hunt to go live that culture. Then you have Open Seasons, the new bar and restaurant in Stuttgart that's named after hunting. Mounts all over the walls. You saw it yesterday. You weren't with us yesterday. Then you have the Bistro, which is owned by a hunter. Serves alligator and a bunch of different meats. Then you have the Refuge Bar. Then you have the Sportsman's Bar that's hunting-themed and is, is, a, is a mainstay for hunters. Then you have the World Duck Calling Championships. Then you have Duck Gumbo. Then you have the Stuttgart Museum with the Duck Call Museum. Then you have rich and Tone duck calls here. Think about what we're saying is that everything, then you go into any cafe during lunch, and from Jonesboro north of 40, down 40 into the into the Grand Prairie, you have duck hunters and from, camouflage from everywhere. From
2: Jonesboro to Louisiana. All the way down, right? Yeah, all the way down on, on that the, eastern side. On the west side, side of
1: the Mississippi River. It's unbelievable. Then you cross the Mississippi River into the Delta, and it's it's going on over there in small doses too, but this whole area is where duck hunting reigns. And that's what I love about it is that if you can be successful here— or have the opportunity to do what we did today. Look where we're sitting. Do you know yeah. how many people would love to say that they could come and sit here and talk about what we got to experience this morning? Do you ever think about that? Do you I mean, know how many duck
2: lot.
0: hunters
1: would do anything to hunt where we hunted this morning?
2: I mean, they, these woods right here are some of the.
0: That's what we were talking about this morning. How much steel shot, how much lead shot, you know, is in the woods, you know, if the woods could talk.
2: Yep. Yeah. I mean, these woods right here, this is like you said, World class
1: woods. It, it is. It's, it's, look at them out there. I'm showing that is the actual woods. That's the boat ramp, or that's the boat slips. There's the boat ditch.
0: And a lot and of And that times goes you to the mallards are... that we hunt.
1: We were literally hunting a half a mile from here today, if that, and killed our mallards and some gadwalls and came back here for Mr. Billy breakfast. And I just, I get goosebumps thinking about. How lucky we are to be able to do that, and how much Brandon and Brian and Joel and and, and Rossi open their arms and and roll the red carpet out for us to let us do this. i just I'm showing everybody how unbelievable this place is, and that we do not take it for granted, but this is prairie wings man this is as good as it gets for for, for good as it gets for flooded timber mallard duck hunting I think it's uh I this think it's
0: everybody's dream right here.
1: I really think it is.
0: I mean, it's it's hard to
1: say that because we get to do it all the time. I don't know why we get to do it. Some things just fall into place to where we get to do this. This is like, and look who we get to share it with. We meet Chase Outlaw. Brandon goes, hell yeah, bring him. Let him hunt. Let's do it. You know how, it's awesome. It's just, it's unbelievable. You got to pinch yourself. Brandon left here and, and flew to Fayetteville tonight for a basketball game. And left us here all alone. Says, "Do whatever you need. If I don't, if I'm not back tomorrow, if my wife doesn't let me come back, whatever. Y'all know where the boats are. Y'all know how to get to the holes. Go get them. Get your work done." His cook's here, Mister Billy. He's cooked us breakfast today, dinner last night. He's cooking us dinner tonight. Think about that. It's easy to think, man. This is unbelievable. Think about the fact that w- what we're actually getting to experience. To me, that's that's life, man.
0: It's and it's different. Humbling. It's different being on the water right here where you hunt at versus having a camp away from, you and know, I, I mean, that's what I do. In. Yeah. I mean, I hunt a lot of public. And so, you know, I'm driving from my house in the morning and then go and put in and so forth. And to be able to pull your boat up, get out of your boat, take your waders off, walk inside, eat breakfast, chill out for a little while. I'm not going to lie. It, it takes a lot of, you know, it helps you out a lot because it takes a lot out of you going it's, out there and taking your boat out of the water, putting your waders on, go put your waders on the dry, clean your stuff up, getting all your other stuff ready. And I've got to get up, you know, an hour and a half earlier than what I have to be at the boat ramp.
1: I love that too, though. Not necessarily the the two in the morning, but I love the boat ramp. I love the boat ride. I love the boat. All of the, putting it on the trailer, yeah. taking it off the trailer, putting I it on the too. trailer. Yeah. I like I like it. But I'm when you get a a release like this. Yeah. To look at what we've done since we got back from our hunt, the most stressful we had was that snake y'all shot. <laughs> yeah, and that wasn't even that stressful. But think about the therapy that this place provides. I'm so relaxed. We're off the grid. Phones barely work. You have to maneuver That's into a place to get your about. phone to work. You got ducks working your decoy spreader, working your call. We should we walk
0: outside to go clean ducks,
2: and ducks can are coming over the top. From this, ducks are coming from this table up. we're sitting at right now. I can look out the, across the room and
0: uh, see those ducks. Yeah, across those ducks that,
2: letter. and it's and that. That slew right there is just slat full of mallards and gadwalls. And, and
1: they're just going to keep coming in there. Yeah. Are, can you guys see them working yeah. in there? When I that's was what eatin- we need. When I, eating, up.
2: when I was eating right there, I was seeing them by the groups coming and landing. Right in here? Yeah. When I was sitting at the table eating, I could see them.
1: Well, that's good because they got dispersed for a little bit with those thunderstorms. And we it, when that thing loads up, these woods are on fire. I'm telling you, that's what we want. If We need to keep watching Oh, we're that. cleaning dust. Let,
2: let them load up right there and roost right there tonight.
1: And then we're ready for them We're tomorrow. ready for
2: them out there.
1: Tomorrow's a good day. We have a north-northeast wind at 14, 13 to 15 miles an hour. But no, let's look. Do you have internet? The
0: openness hoping day is about 10 to 12.
1: Well, fourteen's not bad. I'm going to look at the weather real quick. But
2: it said 8 mile nine, eight to 9 this morning. I don't know, they lied. And it was
1: zero. zero.
0: It better be. Well, it, it wasn't zero because we would have died if it was zero. It We'd was literally zero. die.
1: It was zero. <laughs> Tomorrow's no sun. No wind
0: at all. I would have died if it had been No, heat. we would have died. There wouldn't have been no wind. You can't live without hey, wind. 7 it's
1: 7 a.m. It's north-northeast at 15. It's it, The wind is growing. There's a storm front coming in. It's cloudy, 0% chance of rain. High of 44 with a real fill of 37 to 38. With Tomorrow? With a north-northeast at 15. Tomorrow. High of 44? A high of... Um... No, I, no, 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 no. I take that back. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I want to get You're this right. You're getting me silent. No, wait. I want to get this right. I was going backwards. Put your phone down. You got to believe me. I'm the meteorologist. Meteorologists are hard to believe. <laughs> I'll so, believe you so, before so, any so, other one.
2: Social so studies teacher. He's a spelling bee champion. Yes, I was right. <laughs> I was
1: reading it right. It starts off today and goes through midnight tonight. And up until up until 3 a.m., it's 55 degrees. Okay. At four a.m. it drops to fifty two, five a.m. fifty, six a.m. forty nine, seven a.m. forty seven. By ten a.m., it's a real fill of thirty-eight with a north really? northeast of fifteen. So it's getting colder all through the night. They'll be ahead the of the
0: front. That's what these birds are probably doing. They're headed of that front. Yeah.
1: And they're gonna they're gonna eat hard tonight and they're gonna get security in the morning in the timber. And Chase Outlaw staying another night with us. Have you decided yet? Have you made your final decision? I just got a call and just tell them I ain't coming. <laughs> i like that you like you like this place
2: <laughs> forgiveness instead of permission yep, beg yeah it's for easier
0: it. to ask forgiveness than permission beg
1: for forgiveness and ask for permission so we we can agree on one thing that we are sitting in a place to where look at you're just shaking your head huh? just
0: out there in them woods man just they're normally mallards swimming through the woods right there when i was here last year there was
1: oh yeah when it's on yep. you'll see him right here
0: like really and truly the people that
2: Y'all listening to this right now are not really fully understanding what we're talking about. I mean,
1: we're sitting in a lodge at Prairie Wings and the big windows that look out over the boat slip and the boat ditch in the woods that we, that if you look up Prairie Wings over the years, they've been hunting this place since the early
2: 1948,
1: 1948 was when this lodge and woods come into existence. And I know a lot of people that we've had as guests here, Chris and Chase, that brought pictures When they got invited here by the owners, the new owners, they brought pictures of when they used to pay to hunt here in the commercial operation. Tom Arthur, Purple Heart recipient in Vietnam, he came here with Admiral Joe McGuire, who's now chief of anti-terrorism that Trump put in charge. He's the man. He hunts with us. I text him and like I just get chills thinking about him right now, how badass this individual is of a true American. But he was a Navy SEAL Team 6. He's he's anti-terrorism, head of it now. Anyway, Brandon and me saw that announcement and when he appointed him and we're just freaking going, oh my God, Joe and Joe will be at SHOT Show and he has a private party for uh, uh, veterans every year and invites me and I get to go and shake hands with all these guys and Joe. But anyway, long story short is they come here on a hunt, him and Tom Arthur, who they both live in Florida together. Good military buddies. Tom Arthur takes out this photo album and he's just got picture after picture of sitting in front of this. Brandon will have to tell you when this wall was here and how how this all was shaped back in the day before they built it out that Brandon didn't build it out it was built out but before it got built out Tom Arthur was here hunting Bo Jackson was here hunting they have pictures of all these guys out in front of this lodge in with snow on the ground like five inches of snow holding mallards up like badass pictures limits of mallards back when there was no discussion ever like where are the mallard ducks and where did they go we have more mallard ducks in the flyways than we've ever had in the existence well not ever but we have a pretty good hatch every year and we still are like where did the mallard duck go it's not getting to arkansas that's like the talk that's what everybody wants to talk about where to go why aren't they getting to louisiana what's going on duck on outlaw the spinning wing outlaw the mud motor outlaw flooded corn outlaw this we got it's like remember the days when you just went hunting <laughs> i don't because i didn't duck hunt then but it would have been pretty damn cool to live but then you talk to somebody like john la who's been on our show he's 89 years old he's traveled the world he's hunted in 31 countries chase he owns sci records of everything his game room in montana would blow your mind this guy's 89 we went on a 7.7 mile hike in montana this past summer he's like chad would you like to lead and i'm like no mr john i'll just we'll just hang out behind you i'm thinking well oh, this is going to take all day It took everything I had to keep up. He had a walking stick and we'd be on uneven ground, rocks, slippery rocks, you know, rocks that were coming loose. And this, he's just planting his foot, use balance, everything, 89. I'm like, but anyway, he goes, Chad, these are the glory days. This is the golden age of duck hunting right now. He goes, trust me, I've been there, done it. I've lived it. He says, we have so many ways of hunting now and so much access and so such awesome product to keep you in the field longer keep you warmer longer keep you drier longer women are into this he's just naming off all these things he says this is a great time in the world to be a duck hunter so as a duck hunter you have to be like well should we get catty about everything and always bitch i had a great time today did we wipe him out by no means could we have limited out easy we hunted until 10 o'clock I had a great time. We laughed. We bullshitted. We tricked some. We lost some. We should have shot some that we didn't. Think about that. We don't need to wipe them out. We could have, a lot of duck hunters come to Arkansas, and what happens, Chris? What happens? The first 18 minutes, they're done. They come in the dark, and boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, now what?
0: I don't like to shoot them that early. Now what?
1: Now what? I want to work them. I want to see them.
0: Yeah, I don't like to shoot them. When it's sunny, you know, 930 mallards, 9 o'clock mallards, that's my favorite mallards. You can see them. You can see what you're shooting. You can work them. When they do fall in, it's normally, you know, they they are totally fooled and their butt is on the on the water. When that's you can see the,
2: their eyeballs,
1: that's when they that's it's yeah. too late for them. For,
0: yeah, it's too late <laughs> for them.
1: Well, I get mesmerized sometimes. We too took either. a
0: kid duck hunting uh, probably about three weeks ago, first time he ever been, and uh, put a duck three three yards in from front of him, a green head and a hen. And he didn't know what to do. <laughs> he actually grabbed a shotgun. He couldn't get his shotgun off the hook. You know, I don't. I, I see y'all a lot wearing, uh, uh, putting a, um, a strap on your guns. And I don't do that just because the simple fact is, is I'm worried about it getting hung up. You know, mm. one a thing. But I mean, if you're proficient with it, again, you're. That's how you hunt. I've never hunted like that.
1: I like the. I like you know? your idea. I like the way you use that that, zip tie. That's a cool idea, but I like a sling too, just because it's you know it's easy to carry your gun if you're walking in and out, and as long as you're careful and you think about it and you have a means of what you're doing, you cut down on mistakes. You don't get in a rush. You don't kill every duck that you see. You take your time. You let the duck hunt you up. There's you don't have to have all these all this shit going on to cause you know mistakes.
0: Yeah, I I just can't shoot with it at all. See that's yeah that's
1: uh, my accuracy's never been. I'm not saying I'm the best shooter in the world. I mean, probably in the top three of all time, but that the sling is. <laughs> oh <my
0: God. laughs> the sling.
1: <laughs> Tom Knapp, rest in peace. I'm sorry, Tom. Just totally kidding.
0: <laughs> probably Tom, the top three of all time.
1: <laughs> but I, I, I've never really seen it mess with my, my accuracy, which you saw me today. is pretty like John Rambo-esque, right? Esk? Ram, Rambo-esque?
0: I mean, I was smoking just pew. I was wondering if y'all even shot. Did y'all shoot? Pew.
1: That twenty. And every days, time
0: I pulled the trigger, one would fall. It was, we, must have been <laughs> we must be shooting at the same time. They Man, were tight. They, Those ducks were tight. They were tight. Yeah.
1: Did you think I called the shot at the right time on the first perfect. lock? You don't think I should have let them get a little deeper?
0: No. No, because
1: No, I mean they were out. coming
0: down. I mean
2: it's they, yeah, that I mean No, that's perfect. Hell didn't no. but one of them didn't but one of them not sit down to try to get back up, right? No, i don't know
0: a, did y'all see the video on that
1: no there was five that came in we killed four the fifth one when they come in and i said get him he squirts off to his right our left just offshoots and gets out so he's on your side but we shot the middle and he said so he out. said
0: so he's on <laughs> your so <laughs> he, he got, got away your side, on your side and you should have got
2: that one yeah that's <laughs> banded drake the only one that did they got away was on your side banded
1: drake banded drake I don't know. I don't know if is there any comparison to the feeling He's you get handed, being in the so woods. He should have shot him. Is there any comparison at all? Of the the feeling you get in the woods, being with buddies, is it compared to the adrenaline rush of a bull ride, or is it completely different? I understand that you're you're. I mean, you're. It,
2: it gets the blood pumping, but it's not the same adrenaline rush as 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 if I'm getting on a bull. But being out there in the duck hole, standing next to a tree calling for ducks talking hanging out with your buddies that's that's just that's the same as being in that locker room being with all your best friends and your good buddies that because you're both there when you're out there duck hunting you're out there sharing the same passion with your buddies that you're out there doing when you're in that locker room you're all sharing the same passion you're all there to do the same thing and when everybody's there to do that it's a, it's fun and it's a good time and it, but it's still a job and you're still there to do to do business. But it's still fun, and that's that's what the love of this sport is. I mean, and Dude, this
0: let me ask y'all something. Do you do you get duck fever? You know what buck fever is? I, I Do you I, know what buck fever is, though?
2: Yeah, I get Where When I you get, get duck a buck fever. that comes in I ain't never and you been start. That, I ain't yeah. never been that big on. I mean, I had a buck deer run through my yard the other day and I had to call the kids out of the house or out of the yard because he was standing in my yard. Dog was running him. And, you know, I got buck fever from that.
0: Um, I'm, I'm, talking about, a little bit, I'm talking but, about when you shoot one and you realize that you just put that deer on the ground, you fold it again, and it, it hit the ground, it's dead, you know it's done. That's not buck fever. Yeah.
1: No, buck fever yeah. is when, when, when one comes in and you can't control yourself yeah. and you miss Well, it. No,
0: I'm talking about right after the shot and you're just shaking.
1: Oh. oh shot that
0: deer. Like that, just, well, just I think, shaking.
1: Yeah, I think it's Well, starts. What I'm
0: saying is whenever I'm sitting there calling... And I have some ducks come over and I know they're working and I know they're interested and they're fixing to probably do it. My heart just starts racing. It's popping. It's I mean, popping. Poppin'. And then all of a sudden, when I get it done, I'm like, woo! Oh, and yeah. I just release that energy. I know? hope I
1: never lose it because I've I've lately have seen myself getting burnt burnout feelings over some of the parts of the duck hunting industry. Um, some of it. Like you just are like, man, I don't know if I want to deal with that right now. And thank God for ducks to keep your love of the industry going. Because if it wasn't for the ducks and actually getting to be a duck hunter in the duck hole and, and experiencing what we got to experience today, not just the duck killing, but the duck calling, the, the camaraderie, the joking around, meeting new friends, having dinner, all of this that we're getting to experience and enjoy right now. If it wasn't for that, I don't know. If I, I don't know if I could really deal with the daily rigmarole of the industry, not to say that it's a pity party or that it's hard. I'm just saying that if, if you had a job in the hunting industry, the first question you could ask was, well, do you love it still? Do you still love to hunt? Does it take away the joy of the hunt when you're in it every day, when you make your hobby or your passion, your job or your livelihood? You hear that a lot, you know, is, you know, d- does it take the love of it away? And I'm the exact opposite that if it wasn't four days like today or yesterday on the four wheeler rides and stuff, I couldn't do the work that I do. I couldn't stay motivated the way that I do if I didn't get the release of the actual hunt. And the reason I say that is that a lot of people in this industry will tell you straight up, they don't get the hunt as much anymore because they're so busy with the job that they don't get the hunt as much. So I am so thankful that I do get the hunt because if it wasn't for the actual hunt, this 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 would wear me out, and, and you're not running, working but,
2: doing what you don't work doing what you love.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But when you but you still have to be able to get on that hunt and enjoy that part of the hunt. Where I don't, I hope that it never gets to that point to where some things about outdoor retail wear me out. You know, it's like, can I even go into a sporting goods store anymore? You guys ever get that feeling? Like I don't get. I, there was a time in my life where. I would see the Cabela's in Sydney, Nebraska on Interstate 80, and I would flip out. Oh, my God. It's Cabela's. Remember, you get that catalog as a kid. Now Cabela's are on every corner. But back in the day, I would flip out to go to Cabela's. I truly would. When I saw Max for the first time, I flipped out. Because you spend all those years becoming a duck hunter and watching Phil Robertson and Duck Commander videos and getting your Max Prairie Wings catalog. And then all of a sudden, you're in the store. I flipped out. And now I'm just like, wow, just another store. It's just Cabela's are just another, but do you, do you get that feeling? I know exactly
0: what you're saying. Yeah.
1: I, like I get boxes and boxes of gear and I'm just like, man, I don't, am I, am I getting,
0: you don't get excited too, about that?
1: I don't know. I don't, not, I don't I, know. I, I don't think it was like I used to. Really? I, I don't think it's like I used to. And I got to figure out what gets you back to that. Like you see another pair of waiters or another jacket it's, it's, or another duck call. And I want it to be to where like, when you send me that new duck call, Yes, this is it. I don't want the stresses of the job to take the love away from the hunt. The hunt's unbelievable. The lifestyle's unbelievable. But if you're not careful, you can allow things to chew you up and take that love away from you. And I don't know. Maybe it doesn't happen in bull riding. I don't know. If, if you're that's your that's what you love to do as a child. And is there politics? Is there drama in it? You got to control all of that and make sure that you have the right team so you can clear your head and go out there and one, stay safe and healthy, two, spur like a son, bitch, and three, win the gold buckle and become a world champion. But if you got all this stress of the business chasing you all the time and you got PR and you got promotions and you got marketing and you got autograph signings and, and you got all that shit. But then you got to, like
2: what you're saying, go back to Ben. Without all that stress, would you have the pleasure of the actual hunt or the bull riding? You wouldn't. No. So you. Got, yeah, I mean. because,
0: I mean, you go days, three, four, five days, six days, seven days without even killing birds. And it does weigh on you pretty hard. And then it's that one day you got Boom, you get it one day, and you're ready to go back. The next day, you're like, man, we killed them. Let's go back tomorrow, man. That was awesome. What we, well, can we do different? We, we, where we need to be tomorrow? So but forth. I'm talking I mean, about the
1: business that, part of it. You work in the business. Yeah, you work in you work in the business. I
0: blow a duck call all every day. I blow a duck call. So you probably I never ha- get tired of it. You don't. I don't get you, tired of a duck you call. You get excited
1: when you see a duck call still. Yeah, you do. Yeah, every day. Yeah, see, that's good. That's the that's the secret of it is to find to keep that excitement of of something that you could very easily take for granted. I'm telling you, man. When you do it day in and day out, well,
0: I know you do it know day exactly in and day saying. out.
1: You do it day in and day out, and you take an outfit outfitter. Don't get me ride. wrong.
0: After 60 days is over with, I mean, I'm like, hey, let's take a break. I mean, if you're not, you know, used to, I wasn't. I would want to go and go and go in duck season. I was like, man, it's January 21st or 22nd, and I'm like, we only got a couple more days left, and it's gonna be over with. I got to wait a whole another year. But now I'm like, hey, look, you know. I'm ready for it to be done and let me get springtime I, I think I'm starting to more enjoy, as I get older I, I enjoy the seasons more used to back in the day I would just wait and wait and wait and wait and I wouldn't have fun in between waiting on a day that was coming you know I might be going to you know back in the day I mean it was Christmas time or, or deer hunting or whatever it is I would just wait and wait and wait and just be anticipate that time and I wouldn't enjoy everything in between but now I like to enjoy everything in between. You know, being home with the kids, you know, so forth, you know, a wife, you know, enjoying, trying to enjoy every single moment. Because I'm going to tell you, you know, one thing I learned this year, because I had two good friends pass away. Um, and one of them was Mickey outerson and the other one was Tyler Merritt. And I learned this year that you cannot take it for granted. Not one bit. Tyler Merritt was, we hunted with them last year, uh, sit in a hole with them, good as gold. Uh, unbelievable on a duck call. I mean, just a natural on a duck call. Did he win the Worlds? He has not. He did not win the Worlds, but he qualified for the Worlds a number of times. But, you know, went to the hospital, uh, and within, I want to say, three or four months, he was gone. That quick. Got a phone call. Everybody thought he was doing good, and he was gone. So... That guy that died here the other night, a
1: mile from here, heart attack, thirty-five years old, died. They found him laying in the water next to his Argo out in the rice field. He was Brandon's good friend, thirty-five years old, very successful car dealership owner. His wife was texting him all the way up to three o'clock. He quit getting, she quit getting texts back. Sent the foreman over there. Found him dead. Thirty-five, massive heart attack. You just never know. Antonio 35. Jones, thirty-five years old, dead. Th- Antonio Jones, dead. He's thirty-five. The, Merit. the
2: duck call world Anto- champion. Duck he died. Yeah. How
1: would he die? Um, how, did, how did Antonio pass? Uh, I don't. I don't want to get into it, but it was. It was. It was. It was just a couple months ago. I don't know. Not a half a year ago. I bet. Because a half a year ago, maybe.
2: Because I heard. I don't know what he. Did. I heard some people talking about him. Just it's probably about seven months ago. Eight, another eight, another eight guy that was
0: a natural on a duck call.
1: Unbelievable.
0: I mean, dude. He was and pitched. loved to hunt, loved
1: yep. mallard yep. ducks, but you, but things get away from you. So, it, it's one of those God, things. I hope you
0: don't wreck that boat. God, that <laughs> boat
1: is so sweet. Driving that. Let's talk about that for a minute. That boat. Yeah, that's the 1763, nope. 53. seventeen sixty three. Nope, fifty three. Seventeen. Excuse me, seventeen fifty three. Um, Diamondback, yep. the new boat by by Edge, and yep. it's got a it's got a forty gator tail on it, and yep. we ran it yesterday, buddy. You like you like going fast in a boat?
2: I got a. I got a 7,000 HD, Mud Buddy. Do you? On a 16.
0: Yeah, we need to figure out how to get you. 16.57 Havoc. It,
2: handle to it don't some. handle very good on that Havoc, though. We need
1: to get you a gator tail on an edge. Yeah. We can't have you. We just can't have you outfitted like that. I'm going to have to get you some, some gear. I want you to be successful. <laughs> 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 that boat and that motor combination probably throws you around more than freaking squirrel <laughs> <would>. <laughs> It does not handle worth a piss. <laughs> <laughs> it <does not> <laughs> We're, We're the, the piss. Piss. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but this boat
2: is. Hey, Chase, this boat. It does gets, that thing drive you, or you got to drive it? No, it's. So I know smooth. that mud buddy on that havoc. You gotta. It's, you gotta be ready, son. You gotta man up, and you gonna have to have your. You gonna have no. to have your ducks in a my row. Buddy, my this, buddy
0: makes a good motor. No, think it it it's, it's just on do. that
2: havoc. It don't handle. They do. I ain't gonna lie. Havoc.
0: havoc makes a good boat too, but they they two know, together. Yeah. They're, Yeah,
2: habits made for an outboard. Yeah, really. Yep, not made for a surface drive.
1: That that combination that we drove yesterday, it tracks. That we've been rocking is as good as it gets. In the woods, it's that that brush bar. It's got that brush bar on the front of that Diamondback boat. You could slam into trees. It just puts you right back into the into the route you need to be getting on. I mean, that boat is made for a duck hunter.
0: Yeah, you agree? I agree, hundred percent. I mean, the thing about it is, is like you said the brush bar i wrecked a boat 30 miles an hour probably four years ago and uh i didn't get thrown out of the boat my dog got thrown forward Uh, we were trying to get content actually i don't do that anymore but uh, we were trying to get content we we actually purposely put a log across a uh trail and i jumped it and when i did the tiller handle was still in my hand but when I came down, I was in five, six inches of water. And you can't steer in five, six inches of water. Because the, the the skeg on it doesn't have nothing to get push against. That's how you steer, and You're steering against the water. Water's pushing against that skeg, and that's how you're steering down the channel. So I, I was hitting ground. <laughs> and so I literally kicked sideways, and I couldn't get it back right. And I just started bouncing, 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 and I ran into the tree. But I truly believe if you have a brush bar like that, you know not doing what i did but you know just going through the timber on plane or whatnot and all of a sudden you oops i accidentally because one one time i was going down the channel last year and my light literally just came went off in the front of my boat and all i did was just hold it straight <laughs> and i literally finally finally found the light switch i don't know what happened to it. i think the plug on the on the front end it came undone but it's a freak accident. But that's why you always wear your kill switch. That's why you always wear your life jacket. I do that now because now I want to make sure that I have a, at least a chance to make it home. You know, a lot of people don't wear the kill switch. They go out there and they well, run.
2: Like what we were saying about it, was sorry to cut you off. You say your boy's with you. He sees you back there driving without that vest exactly. on or with that life jacket on or with that kill switch. Yep. He'll be 10 years old Thing he just jumped that boat. Next
0: generation. Next. I mean, I did that when I – you make a good point because I used to do that when I would ride in the truck. Well, my dad, my dad wouldn't wear a seatbelt. Now, back in the day, that was kind of the norm, right? But when I got in the truck, it's like, well, I don't wear my seatbelt. My daddy didn't. Yeah. Yeah. But now, of course, my dad wears a seatbelt. That kill I my switch seat. is key. You got to wear that kill rope.
1: Oh, All dude, the time if, every, you, if you fall every, out of the boat
0: – I mean, if you fall out of the boat, dude, I mean – it's done. Every yeah, that, I know, a man. That those those right mud motors—they have so much torque. You got to remember those those motors were designed at one point in time to cut grass. Okay, so when you bog down inside grass, get a big—you know—you run over the they top just of keep grass. Grinding. They keep on grinding, and they—they got so much torque with them. So imagine that thing grabbing grabbing the back of your jacket or whatnot—it's not going to let up. You're done. You're done. You it's should probably always gonna,
1: have that key switch on. You always have life jackets in your boat. You do things right. Yeah. Don't cut corners. It's not cool. That's to right. Be don't cut corners. Unsafe. Yeah. Everybody it's not. Think, I don't need that. I'm. I, man, shit. If they said that you should wear a helmet when you drove that boat, I'd wear a helmet with a face mask on. <laughs> yeah. I'd be looking like Chase It's the Outlaw same thing with there. a shotgun. Chase, you know? Chase. Chase. What? I, I want to go duck hunting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. We well, got
1: some water and some woods. <laughs> <laughs> that stumped you? Yeah. Are you stumped right now? We're both stumped. Yeah, you just said I want to go. I want to go duck hunting. Like, this talk is getting me, like, fired oh, up. Fired oh, fired up. Like you want to go on an evening hunt? Yes. Yeah. Like, right now, like, it's got me ready to go. Like, I've seen, I've seen two groups of mallards right here. I want to freaking go. You smell it? What are you smelling?
2: I just keep getting a
1: whiff of something. Like what?
0: Chase. That's you passing gas. <laughs> no, it, it, it's not that. <laughs> it's not that, <laughs>
2: it's not but
0: like I a po- <laughs> Old
2: polecat done got in the camp or something. I don't smell it.
0: Yeah, I smelled it a second ago. I it, think it's uh, Tyson over there. Is it? It was this morning, huh?
1: <laughs> Blowing that duck call behind us. Did you hear him this morning?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I know that a different polecat, but. Being, that's as I was very disrespectful, I got to say. Tyson was? Yeah. Dude,
2: I mean, you flared the ducks with that one. <laughs> look like the look like the red sea to, uh, uh timber hole look like the red
1: sea done parted the waters in there
0: <laughs> i'm
1: i'm kind of sad that i stumped you guys with my i want to go duck calling yeah duck I, hunting I, I, no
0: I, I mean that's just the norm for us i mean i would go <sighs> If I was rested up every single day, I mean morning, and afternoon, I'd go.
1: But I'm I, I, back to what you're saying is that it is. It's in, imperative that you wear that safety rope and that in that kill switch and and, and have life jackets in your boat and just abide by the rules and don't get ignorant. Don't try to do too much. Yeah, Be what safe. I was
0: gonna say though is is that you know of course we hadn't hunted with Chase, and the first thing in the morning was is you hey you asked him you said hey look you good right there you know you can shoot right there and so forth because Chase of course has a broken arm. Right? No,
2: just shoulder surgery. Yeah, just had shoulder surgery. And
0: so he's shooting with his, you know, normal arm, but with you know, Chad was just being safe. Hey, look, are you okay? Are you good to shoot like that? And I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing that because after it's over with and you do get shot in the back of the head, you can't go hey, back. If
1: he takes that as an insult that I ask him, then he's in the wrong.
0: That's right. Which he didn't. He's like, Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. I'm just making sure yeah. if
1: you don't it, that's like being a guy. And then All you these... told
0: me a couple of times, you said, Hey, pick your gun barrel up. Yeah. I'm not going to deal with it. Yeah,
1: I've outfitted and guided enough to know when you've got all these strangers in the the blind. You got to have a leader. Uh, You got to have a boss. Don't click your safety. If I hear you guys click your safety off one more time, the hunt's over. I don't know how many times I said that in in a goose blind. If I hear it one more time, I'm calling the hunt. I
0: had a guy unclick his safety in the boat, and I told you about that. Sitting in front of the boat. I was in the back of the boat. He's in the front of the boat. It's laid across his lap. He's looking directly at the motor, right? I hear him keep on clicking it on and off, clicking it on and off. And he's literally just stroking that trigger. Yep. Just sitting there, just polishing that trigger. So what the, what else is there to do? Well, you know what happened? Mallers come over the top. They're fixing to come in. They're fixing to land in, in the decoy spread. And the shotgun goes off. Boom! And, I mean, there were probably 50 yards up in there, right? Boom, and I'm turning to him like, why did you shoot that they weren't in the hole? And I realized he's going like this, and he's looking down at his lap. And uh, Ryan Blanchard can testify to this, but he's sitting there looking down at his lap, and uh, he's like, my gun. And I'm like, what did you just do? My gun went off. I said, it just don't go off, you know?
1: Oh, it's got to— and, and so— The safety's got to be pushed yeah, off, the trigger the safety's got to be pushed pulled off, off. <laughs>
0: exactly. He literally—his gun goes off, and luckily the barrel— was up above the rail of the boat. Because if it wasn't, I I truly believe it would ricochet off and probably kill me and NASCAR. But we called him NASCAR, Ryan Blanchard. But Yeah, you just you have to have
1: a boss and you have to set the tone and if a mistake happens, your career's over. Your hunting love for the hunt is over. I mean, I've seen dead, toes blowing dead. off, legs blowing off. You, I've seen barrels blowing off on a guy that shot over a guy's shoulder. They both, If they would have been pulling the trigger at the same time, it could have been a lot uglier. Guy's gun goes flying out of his hands. I thought he just threw it because he was pissed, but sure enough, it got shot out of his hands. He picks it up, and the barrel's hanging on by a centimeter of steel. So one little mistake. It's I've not had multiple It's, it's not an insult to ask somebody, hey, yeah. pick your barrel up. I don't want a gun pointed at me. You just shot that gun. I don't know if there's still one in the in the, in the chamber. Is your action cleared? You know, it's a, it's respectful that when you get, when you're done hunting or before the hunt or your gun's going in the case or you're handing your gun to somebody, the action's always open. Just leave yep. it open. At a gun range, that's the law. That's, that's kosher at a gun range. You don't walk around a gun range with a closed action because the automatic assumption is the gun's loaded if the action's closed. So there's just things that I've learned over the years that you hunt with enough strangers every time you go into a hunt uh situation you there's a potential you're hunting with somebody you've never hunted before and you've got to put yourself in the the position to be safe at all at all areas i'm not gonna i'm not gonna die for a duck i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do it
0: so it ain't worth it that same thing with somebody shooting over the top of your head or swinging or whatnot you know there's been multiple occasions in my lifetime where a duck flies right over the top of somebody's head or maybe, you know, in between them. Like this morning, we had that green head that got wounded. It it didn't die instantly. We, we actually hit it a little bit too far back. And uh, it flew by us. And when it flew by, it flew by Chase and you. I could have swung and shot that duck. Yep. But Ty was back there. And I didn't know where Ty was at. I didn't know where a camera was at. I didn't want to ruin no equipment or whatnot. And a duck or something. It ain't ain't worth it. It It ain't
1: worth it. That's why you just shoot them out in front where they're supposed to be shot. Every time. Yeah. Every time. You don't swing or, or side, you know, shuffle your feet and get to where you can shoot around you. Killing a duck ain't that big of a deal. It's not in the big scheme of things. No. The Foul Life Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. I have to get Chase Outlaw out in the fresh air. He is. I, he's. I said, "Hey, I want to go duck hunting because I thought I was reading his body language of like, man, I got to get out this lodge. I want to get out here and I want to go shooting. We're <clears throat> gonna go glass. We're gonna go scout right now." And then I said it, and there was like an eighteen to thirty second pause, and I'm like, "Uh, uh, okay, okay." So you don't I want thought, to
2: go? D- I thought it was like a rhetorical question. I know. Uh, so, yeah. You may. Yeah. So.
1: Okay, as long as you don't make me feel like I'm the dumbass, though. I was just saying I want to go duck hunting with Man, you. Man, that
2: makes how many of us here? Five, three of us. That I that think I am? No, that want to go duck hunting. Oh, that want to go yeah, duck yeah, hunting. Yes, sir. Yeah, sorry, yeah, misinterpreted the question
1: we're going to come back with a couple more episodes right here live out of the prairie wings lodge stuttgart arkansas the grand prairie we're going to be talking with my partner chris cifrio jargon game calls jargon duck calls we're going to talk about the new chit chat our short barrel design the new duck call that we've been blowing in the flooded timber this week it sounds awesome it's soft it's ducky it gets on it and i am telling you guys we got a lot of cool announcements coming at jargon check out jargongamecalls.com look at our new merchandise line all of our apparel our hooded sweatshirts our lightweight sweatshirts our t-shirts our our beanies, our hats. Check out thefowlife.com for all of our merchandise and apparel and our mural cups by our Gator Boys and Steve Holloway at Ice Check out the Outdoor Channel for exclusive brand new episodes of Benelli Presents The Fowl Life. We're all over the country chasing ducks chasing geese and we absolutely love the lifestyle so thank you so much for all of our brands check out our sister podcast this life ain't for everybody please subscribe tell a friend leave us a rating leave us a review be looking for our new cookbook we'll be launching that name and our guests that are going to have recipes in it as well as the two authors and partners that i'm going to be doing the project with that'll be released in may or june of 2020 for chase outlaw pbr one of the greatest bull riders in the country he will be the 2021 world mark my words i'm betting on him in vegas chris cifrio with jargon game calls we will be back at you tom hit that button this is going to be 2 a.m logic my foul life tom hit the button thank you very much